Stick this in your ear. The number one, the number one internet shock radio network. Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. Renegade, Renegade Talk Radio. Indonesia appeal to the U.S. to do more to stop the atrocities in Gaza. This fire is a must for the sake of humanity. Once again, thank you for your invitation, President Biden. Thank you. Thank you. And as we met outside, as you get out of the automobile, we had a very important discussion on climate. The Not president good. said, I'm cold. What are the chances of a Gaza ceasefire? None. No possibility. President Biden says there is no possibility of a ceasefire. And former President Trump has made it clear that he will also serve the Zionist state of Israel. This is one issue that the entire U.S. government seems to be in agreement on. But America and its NATO vassals stand alone with Israel. Millions of people all over the world are taking to the streets in one of the most unified peaceful protests ever. Most people are seeing this as it is, an illegal occupation sliding quickly towards genocide. Which is good, because the world is now on the brink of a holy war, and the only way to stop it is a mass awakening. The U.S. is firing airstrikes in eastern Syria, where the Iraqi militia have been launching drone attacks at U.S. military bases. The Islamic resistance in Lebanon, Hezbollah, has launched several operations targeting Israeli forces, who have been bombing several towns in southern Lebanon. A Black Hawk helicopter crash killed five U.S. special forces off the coast of Cyprus, and the Turks are claiming it was shot down. China and Iran are now working together against Israel, and the CCP begins military drills in the South China Sea. To the majority of the world, it is clear that the Zionist state of Israel is the antagonist. As Celia Farber points out, even some of Israel's staunchest supporters are now speaking out against their war crimes. Macron calls on Israel to stop killing women and children. And Anthony Blinken says that far too many Palestinians have been killed. Humanity is more awake than ever. And we are watching as Israel kills a few dozen militants and over 10,000 civilians while calling it a war. The majority of the world is demanding an end to this slaughter. But Netanyahu says that Israel will defy the world if needed to defeat Hamas, an organization created by Israel. The region is being surrounded by warships as thousands of Americans march in D.C. to demand more mass murder of Palestinians. The calls for a ceasefire are outrageous. Greg Reese reporting.
Welcome back to the American Journal. I am Chase Geyser, your host today. We are going to be covering the news for the first couple of hours and then taking your calls at the end of the show this morning. So much news to cover. In the meantime, we are going to cut to a short break before the first full segment this morning. Make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com. Check out Ultra 12, which is back in stock at 40% off. B12 is an important vitamin and nutrient for us to consume as human beings. It helps us with things like energy and many other powerful benefits. So please go to InfoWarsStore.com, get Ultra 12, which is back, and experience the power of B12. It's got a special ingredient in it that helps it be basically twice as potent at 40% of the cost. You can't really get B12 this potent anywhere else at this cost for just $32.95 at InfoWarsStore.com. You can be the reason that we're still on the air while investing in yourself, taking care of your own health, and fighting the lethargy and tiredness that comes with aging. Watching the American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch live right now at band.video. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I'm your host today, Chase Geyser. Going through some of these articles on my desk this morning. So much going on, so much craziness in the world, as is always the case. Think Tank warns Biden's inner circle that Bidenomics media blitz failed. A progressive think tank recently met with President Biden's top aides at the White House and delivered a stark warning. The economics policies, often referred to as Bidenomics, were not resonating with most Americans. I don't know if you noticed, but I certainly noticed that there was this social media blitz, particularly on X. I don't know if you saw anything on Instagram or Facebook. I don't go on Facebook anymore, so I'm very curious to see what's actually happening there these days. Kamala would insist that things were getting so much better. They would say some astronomical or outrageous claim about the state of the economy and how great things are. And then they would say, that's Bidenomics at the end as if it was just some sort of amazing accomplishment. But the whole Bidenomics thing sort of was a backfire, in my opinion, because it reminded me a lot of the memes around President Obama. Do you remember at the end of Obama's term when everyone was just sort of sick of his crap and people were giving him a hard time and they would just go hashtag thanks Obama? Well, that's how I felt about this Bidenomics push that we recently saw from the Biden administration. It's like, oh, okay, that's Bidenomics. So he would brag about things like record low unemployment rates, but then people in the replies would say things like, yeah, but now everybody has to have three jobs in order to make ends meet, or now I can't afford my groceries. That's Bidenomics. And here we see that It's blown back in his face. According to Politico, members of the Progressive Change Campaign Committee, PCCC, visited the West Wing in September and October to brief White House officials about Bidenomics branding failure. Of course, you'll have to notice that they are briefing White House officials because President Biden himself is not actually leading this country. It is a country led by committee. So half the time, if not 75% or 80% of the time you hear about meetings happening at the White House, it's meetings happening with officials, not with the president himself. They presented numerous polling data that showed Americans aren't convinced about economic policy accomplishments under the president. And the reason is you can lie about data and statistics all you want, but when push comes to shove, people feel the pressure of a tight budget. People understand that when they go to the grocery store, they come out having less on their list. People understand that they can't afford to make a down payment on a house or that they're worried about their mortgages. People understand that the market isn't just, it just isn't the same for good jobs. 
We saw mass layoffs, especially in the tech industry. We see massive amounts of debt, record levels of credit card debt in this country, record levels of federal debt in this country. And all those numbers, I understand they could be talking points. But the fact of the matter is the reason this isn't working is because people actually feel it. People actually feel what it's like when Joe Biden is allowing this country to be led by committee. People know that he's corrupt. They're starting to wake up to the fact that the Hunter Biden laptop was real, that the crimes were real. And I honestly don't think that they're going to take it anymore. I think the left knows this, and I think that's why they're doing everything they can to ensure that there's an alternative candidate for the president of the United States. Of course, there are rumors that it's going to be either Michelle Obama or Gavin Newsom. I think it's likely even that it will become Kamala Harris, even though she's not very popular, because I think they may be so bold as to believe they can frame her as a completely different candidate than she actually is. After all, she is the vice president of the United States as it stands, so she is literally next in line. But we'll see what actually happens with this. Quote, Democrats can't just hammer people over the head with an instance insistence that the economy is great adam green co-founder of the pccc told politico green said we have to acknowledge pain and pivot and there are ways that we can optimize that pivot to hit trump for mismanaging the economy so now they're saying that it didn't work when they lied about how good things are so since things are bad and people know it and we can't lie about it we have to acknowledge that they're bad but we have to blame trump for why they're bad. Of course, President Trump hasn't been the president for three years. It seems to me like just yesterday that we had this election in November of 2020. It does seem like just yesterday that January 6th, the great insurrection happened. But it was three years ago, guys. I mean, this is this term is almost over. We're coming up on the final lap of this election cycle. We're going to have a new president in 2024, hopefully. If God wills it, I hope he does. And They're not going to get away with blaming a president from three years ago for the ails of a company now. You don't get away with blaming someone who was the CEO of a company three or four years ago for the ails of the company now. It's just not going to work. There's no way that you can cut this or reframe this. All of our problems now are because Joe Biden is the president of the United States. And don't get me wrong. I wish that he was doing a great job. I was extremely disappointed when he was inaugurated on January 20th of 2021. Obviously, it spelled out doom and gloom, I think, for our nation over the next several years, something which has been proven to be true, given that basically everything that could go wrong has go wrong, gone wrong in this country over the course of his term. But I wanted him to do a good job. If he was killing it, if the economy was doing great, if my wallet felt great, if I didn't feel the stress of financial pain, if you didn't feel the stress of financial pain, if our veterans were taken care of, if our border had been taken care of, I would have been very pleased. I probably still would have wanted to vote for another candidate or wanted to support Trump in 2024, but it wouldn't be this level of just abysmal. I mean, this is absolutely atrocious what we're seeing from this Biden administration. And we hear reports coming out like the FOIA request shows the Secret Service did indeed find DNA on the infamous White House cocaine baggie. But the identity is kept in the evidence vault. So they actually know who had the cocaine in the White House, but they're not releasing that evidence to the public because, after all, this administration doesn't believe in things like transparency whatsoever. We know that they're trying to cover up the nature of some of these trials, these Engeron trials and other trials with President Trump. The Trump administration or the Trump team, the Trump legal team, has requested that their trial, that these court hearings be televised and made public. They're trying to cover that up. And now they're trying to cover up the fact that they know whose cocaine it was in the White House. They are literally covering up 
somebody with drugs in the White House, despite the fact that 100,000 overdoses happen every year under the Biden administration in this country. The Secret Service and Biden White House lied to the public about DNA being found on the infamous baggie of cocaine found back in July, according to a recently filed Freedom of Information Act request. Kudos to the hero who remembered to do the FOIA request. And the news broke during Tuesday night's edition of Jesse Waters' primetime on Fox News. After telling masses no DNA was found on the baggie, the FOIA request revealed a person's DNA was discovered on the cocaine bag, and the identity is being kept secret in an evidence vault. So, how much more corrupt does this administration need to get before people realize that they just, frankly, they just suck? They don't care at all about you. They don't respect your opinions at all. They claim that they love democracy so much, and then they do everything they possibly can to circumvent democracy, to subvert democracy, to ensure that the voter base is uninformed. Because after all, the only reason to vote for Joe Biden is because you're uninformed. So uninformed is the target status of every voter in this country because they know they can't win if people actually get to the bottom of what's really going on. Which is why it's more important than ever to support InfoWars, to go to InfoWarsStore.com, to go to InfoWars.com forward slash show because this network is a network that genuinely pursues the truth. Harrison had an awesome tweet last night, Harrison Smith, who will be hosting the show tomorrow morning, by the way, had an awesome tweet last night where he talked about his first day working here at InfoWars and Alex Jones said to him, I don't care what you say, just tell the truth. Which is absolutely true. I've never once had a directive from any members of the crew here, any members of the team here about what to say on air. Always, of course, encouraged to be as accurate as possible and tell the truth. And not all the hosts always agree on different issues. I might have a different take on Israel and Gaza than Alex. Alex might have a different take than Harrison. We don't have to agree as long as they're in earnest pursuit of truth. That's the beauty of this network. But if you go to the likes of a Fox News network or a CNN or New York Times or Washington Post, there is a top-down agenda. There is a narrative coming from a source that is going downstream. It is a mainstream of information. That's what makes InfoWars so important. That's what makes these independent podcasts, whether it's the Theo Vons or the Joe Rogans or the Lex Friedmans. I know that people have conflicted feelings about him, but he does a great job interviewing great people and getting to the bottom of what they actually think about very important issues. Most recently, of course, Elon Musk on Lex Friedman. But the point I'm trying to make is it's very important that we abandon the mainstream, that we get out of this main river because it is a source of rapids that will bash us against the rocks of lies and leave us unaware of the truth, unconscious of the truth. And after all, that is exactly what the deep state wants. It's exactly what the new world order wants because when you're ignorant, you can be controlled. When you don't know what's going on, you can be manipulated. So enlighten yourself, enlighten your friends, enlighten your family. Go to InfoWars.com forward slash show. Share the link today. Go to InfoWarsStore.com and be the reason we're still on the air. Get old 12 at 40% off. I'll be right back on the other side. Where were you when humanity was fighting for its life? Where were you when the globalists were caught trafficking millions of children for sex slavery worldwide? Where were you when the New World Order was starting World War III with Russia? Well, I know where you are. You're watching and listening to InfoWars.com right now, and I salute you and thank you. And I want to encourage all of you who've been in this fight so long to realize we've reached the critical juncture in the battle now. And a key tool in that fight is the Great Awakening defeating the globalists, and launching the next great renaissance. This is my second book, part two of The Great Reset and the War for the World. It's a longer book, a quite frankly, more powerful book. 
And just like the last book went to number one, it is up to you to send us to number one right now. This is a cultural fight against the globalists, and it funds the InfoWar. Get signed or unsigned copies of The Great Awakening right now at InfoWarStore.com. I want to thank you all for your support. This is a book everybody needs. Get your copy of The Great Awakening right now. The most powerful InfoWars life formula yet. DNA Force Plus is now back in stock for 25% off while supplies last. This elite formula contains the most cutting-edge enzymes, potent antioxidants, and traditional naturally occurring ingredients to protect the vitality of your very DNA. The powerhouse ingredients in DNA Force Plus include PQQ, FOQ10, organic reishi mushroom, astrologus root, rhodiola root, and an array of even more incredible antioxidants and extracts carefully chosen to help support healthy heart function while promoting energy production down to the cellular level. Provide your cells and DNA with the protection they need and try a bottle of DNA Force Plus today for 25% off or for an additional 10% off grab the combo pack with DNA Force Plus and Body's Whole Support. These offers and so much more are only available at InfoWarsStore.com you're listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, your host today. The great Harrison Smith will be back with you tomorrow morning and Fridays for the next several weeks. He misses you guys so much. We agreed to switch on Fridays. I'll be hosting the War Room tomorrow. Of course, he's hosting the War Room today. So I just wanted to let you know to make sure you tune in tomorrow morning to be with the OG of the American Journal. Thank you so much for being so welcoming to me as we fill in, as we feel the absence of Owen. Obviously, our thoughts and prayers are with him. Make sure you send him letters as well. I need to write him another letter myself. I've written him one. But we're very excited to have him back, and we want to make sure that we keep the seats warm and that we keep the lights on so he has a place to come home to after he gets out of that box that he is locked in. I believe the most recent update is that he is expected to be in solitary until at least the 28th of this month. I was on a live stream last night with Elijah Schaefer, had a great time. We laughed very hard, and we did cover some of the Owen news, and he actually updated me on some of these issues that I hadn't seen yet on Twitter. So... Definitely be thinking and praying for Owen, and he is receiving mail. He is able to communicate via mail, but that's his only touch with the outside world, so anything you can do to support him is obviously very meaningful. Meanwhile, we've got a couple of videos. We were talking in the last segment about this economy and how Bidenomics is a failure, about how there's crime in the White House and it's being covered up by the Biden administration. We know there's DNA evidence now of whose baggie the cocaine belonged to, whose baggie it was. And we see this manifestation of Biden's America show its face, rear its ugly head in different ways. So not only do we feel it when we go to the grocery store and when we can't afford a home or when we are worried about our mortgage or when we have to work three jobs in order to make ends meet, not only are we feeling it everywhere ourselves as law-abiding citizens, this crackdown on us, this squeeze on us as if the pressure is coming from all sides of life on us because of this weakness of leadership. In addition to the fact that we're just blatantly called racists, bigots, or extremists, or domestic terrorists, we're mega Republicans who are a threat to democracy. So not only do they injure us, but they add insult to injury. But we see this manifest in other ways as well with the rapid amount 
of increase in crime in our major cities. And we're seeing what seems to be racially motivated crime at many times. I can't explicitly state that for sure, but it certainly seems that there's a lot of interracial crime going on. We've always known that most crime exists exists within races. So domestic violence is usually white on white or black on black or Hispanic on Hispanic. Crime that exists, murders, whatever, robberies, a lot of these crimes are in they're they're intraracial. They're within the same race. But now we're seeing this sort of interracial hate crime thing happening. We hear reports and narratives from the White House of the rise of anti-Semitism or the rise of Islamophobia. We have the Biden administration coming out and saying that they're going to start these new initiatives, these new programs, these new departments that are responsible for mitigating the growth of basically racial tension in this country. Of course, programs like this typically serve to only catalyze those tensions. But we see clip after clip of a bunch of groups a group of people from one race just attacking a bystander from another race or a person of one race randomly smashing the back of the head of another race or stabbing someone of another race. We're seeing this more and more than I've ever seen it before. And we even know that the algorithms have been changed since videos like this began going viral 10 years ago to try to keep you from seeing stuff like this. But it's just so prevalent that the algorithms themselves can't even stop us from seeing this information. So there's this video here of this mob of people who loot a FedEx truck as it's blocked by cars at a red light. Shocking footage in clip three out of Memphis shows the moment a mob of people stormed a FedEx semi-trailer truck, shamelessly looting the big rig as it was blocked by other motorists. Let's go ahead and run clip three. Oh, yeah, he's trying to move. My ass a low back though. He trying to look, them folk going stupid, bro. Damn. In traffic, though, folks. I'm talking about they own that bitch. Wow, so there's witnesses everywhere. It's a very well-lit area. He's in the middle of traffic, and because it's stopped, it's just getting looted, brazenly looted, because the people involved in committing this crime understand that there's actually no accountability whatsoever. They're looking at a big FedEx truck. They're thinking that's a big white man's corporation, so we can loot it. They've got insurance. Even if they don't have insurance, we don't care. We're just going to take whatever's in the back of this truck out of it, and others are going to film it. Nobody's going to get involved or discourage it. They're just going to be so excited that they're seeing this crime committed on a massive scale while everyone sits nervously in their cars and watches it happen. I think one of the one of the other things that's really interesting about the video is just the um, the person, the bystander who's filming it. Right. If you look mm-hmm. at the caption, it says, ain't no damn way. I should have snatched me some. Yeah. Right. There, there's there's fear of missing out on partaking in the crime. Wow. Right? Which is uh, which, you know, I think speaks a lot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I couldn't read the caption at first just sitting as far back away from the screen as the video played. But now that I'm looking at it directly, that is insane that this this person that recorded the video wishes that they would have got whatever was out of the back of the truck themselves. No shame whatsoever. I, I, I think we've just lost our moral compass. And this is what happens when you have a society where so many are raised by single mothers. Single mothers obviously are very heroic people. It's a struggle to be a single mother. But we psychologically are designed to be raised by a mother and a father. I would even go so far as to say is that I would go so far as to say that our notion or understanding or just intuitive emotional understanding of the nature of God depends largely on our relationship with our father. I think that a lot of people and I'm not trying to 
suggest that we're personifying God or that our fathers are gods. This is not what I'm trying to say, but I think that our understanding of whether or not God is good or present in our lives depends in large on the relationship that we have with our father as young children. And so if our fathers are away, either in prison or at war or constantly traveling for work or for some reason just not consistently in the house for extended periods of time, psychologically, that gives us the feeling as we come of age that there isn't a presence of God the Father in our lives. And when you don't have the presence of God in your life, you don't take things seriously like a moral compass. You're less likely to have a conscience because you don't feel accountable to something that loves you, that you also love. You lose that reciprocity and you fall into sort of this pit, this darkness, where suddenly all that life becomes about is pleasure and joy and hedonism and getting what you can, taking what you can when you can, because this is it. This is like the mentality that's happening. And if anything bad happens to you in your life, it's not because God did something bad to you. It's because God isn't present in your life at all. And there's some sort of system of oppressor versus oppressed that is weighing you down. It's not your fault that you are alone and empty in your life. It's not your fault that you're committing these crimes because after all, you wouldn't have to commit these crimes unless you'd been oppressed, right? So we psychologically justify, for the sake of our own narcissistic egos, the reasons that we do terrible things. We see the intelligence community do this and we see the crime community do this. We justify it for the sake of protecting our egos and thinking that we're perfect, but it's really all just a major cope. We're going to show another sort of heroic story in the next segment. We're going to run out of time in this segment of someone who actually did stand up, a good Samaritan who did drag a wounded cop to safety during a gun battle on a Houston freeway, but we don't have enough time. This segment will play it at the beginning of the next segment. In the meantime, visit InfoWarsStore.com. Be the reason that we're still on the air. Get Ultra 12, which is back in stock at 40% off. B12 is a very important vitamin for our body. It helps our body with a number of different functions. As we get older, it can become more and more difficult for our bodies to metabolize this substance. And that's why we've made Ultra 12, which is the most potent form of B12 you can get that I'm aware of. Just for $32.95 on InfoWarsStore.com. Get it today. Invest in yourself and be the reason you're still in the air. Please uh, remember... We are listener supported, and we've got something back in stock that everybody needs that is so good to have in your medicine cabinet sports broadcast. We've got the best 30 parts per million colloidal silver out there. It's Silver Bullet. It's at InfoWarsStore.com. And you want to support the show, plus have something in your medicine cabinet, have to give to others. It's topical. You can also take it orally. Uh, it is. It really does a lot of amazing things, anti-infection, you name it. Nothing's a silver bullet, but it's as close to a silver bullet as you're going to get. Silver bullet, back in stock, discounted, InfoWarsStore.com. And we also have Brain Force Ultra, the incredible, fast-acting, nootropic, back in stock, 60% off part of the big sale. The new sale we've got, immune support, organic, green fibers, 50% off. Those are both incredible. Vitamin D3 gummies, amazing. InfoWarsStore.com. Or 888 253 3139 888 253 
Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, your host this morning. We're going to be covering the news for the next hour and a half, taking calls in the final hour. So make sure you stay tuned if you want to call in. I always I always do open phone lines unless, of course, there's some major story that I want to focus on. But 99% of the time, it's going to be open lines. So be thinking about what you want to talk about. So in the last segment, we talked about how America is falling apart. We talked about how not only are innocent law-abiding citizens feeling the pressure of a weak economy, an open border, and the cusp of World War III, but we're seeing crime manifest, interracial crime manifest, private on corporate crime manifest in the streets, and these videos are going viral. But there is another side of this coin. There is hope. There is light at the end of the tunnel because we are constantly surprised by the heroism that is present among people of the world, among American citizens themselves, In surprising ways, we do find that good people can shine and come out of the darkness and do the right thing when the right thing would be easy for them to decide against. In this shock video, a good Samaritan drags a wounded cop to safety during a gun battle on Houston Freeway. We'll play clip four in a second. A heroic bystander put his life in jeopardy to rescue a police officer who was shot during a gun battle with a carjacking suspect on Freeway in Texas over the weekend, according to the reports. Go ahead and run clip four. So it sounds like it might be Gaza, but it's actually just a freeway in Houston. Come this way! Come this way! This way! Come here! Come here! Come here! Come here! Come here! Get up! Get up! I got you! Come on! Come on! Come on, you're okay, bro. You're okay. Now, we haven't you're seen okay. the hero yet dragging this police Over officer here. to safety. Right he appears to be wearing work clothes, work boots. Just hold my hand. Obviously, hold my the hand. police officer's in a lot of pain. Hold my hand. As he's been shot, but he's conscious. Man, I've been to state jail once. The last time I was locked up, man, they offered me 25 years, man. I had no choice but to get out and change my life. You feel me? Yeah. So, this was a former convict that got out of prison, changed his life, and rescued a cop, someone we would think intuitively may be antagonistic to law enforcement doing the right thing. So we find that when someone takes accountability for their life and makes the changes to their life that are needed in order to generate a different outcome, It is possible to overcome these obstacles. And I think about this a lot in the context of what's going on in America because it's very easy to become blackpilled and disheartened about the future of this country. The more aware we become of the depths of the darkness, the more sort of abysmal and infinite it seems. It seems like this all-consuming force, like this black hole that will draw us in with its gravitational pull. And no matter how much thrust we put on the rocket, we're just not going to be able to get out of it. It does seem like that sometimes. It seems like this tractor beam from Star Wars. But the fact of the matter is, there are people who rise above circumstances that are so much worse all over the world. There are people who actually become very successful in places like even China or Russia or Europe, even though it's basically a socialist dystopia these days with refugees pouring in all over and committing crimes all over. So if in these places where the regulations are even worse, where the things that we've warned about on this network for 29 years have already sort of manifest or played out years in advance of 
where we're going as a nation here in America, if people are able to rise above it there, be successful there, provide for their families there, establish independence there, then there's always hope here. And so while we see these sort of Marxist woke people talk about oppressor versus oppressed and use that as an excuse or as a justification to not do anything, to not work hard, to not hold themselves accountable for crimes they may commit or the failures they may have have had in their lives, the fact of the matter is no matter how tough things become, it is still up to us as individuals to rise above those challenges, to decide to take ownership of our lives, which after all cannot be taken from us by any force, but can only be given by us or handed over by us in the context of some pressure. So the pressure is on to give up. The pressure is on to give in, to turn yourself over, to be in this sort of ignorant state, to not wake up and to just coast through your life until you die of whatever the government wants you to die from. But they can't actually force take it from you. They can't actually steal your life from you. You still have to have openness in order for them to do that, you have total jurisdiction of your own life. It just can't be taken. There's no physical way to take something that's metaphysically yours. There's no physical way to take what God has given you. You have to give it over. And even looking at some of these updates, these reports about how Owen's doing in prison, he said, I am more mentally strong than ever. So he's been locked in a box for 23 hours a day for weeks. He's expected to be in that box for the foreseeable future. And he's saying that he's mentally stronger now than ever. And the fact of the matter is the government knows that it's not going to rehabilitate Owen. The government knows that Owen's not going to spend 60 days in prison and then come out suddenly with a changed mind, suddenly wanting to work for CNN or broadcast with Trevor Noah or a Stelter, or a Don Lemon. He's not going to come out and say, wow, I was really wrong. Shame on me for my freedom of speech. They're not trying to rehabilitate Owen. What they're doing with Owen is they're setting an example for those who are on the fence, for those who are frustrated with what's going on, who think they might want to start getting involved in this political conversation to take this country back. They want to set an example so that in the back of their minds, people think, oh, I've got kids. I can't go to prison. Or, oh, I've got a wife. I can't go to prison. Or, oh, I've got a small business. I can't afford to go to prison. And they want you to just be quiet. So what's happening to Owen is not actually a punishment for Owen so much as it is an intimidation for the rest of us. It's actually something they're doing to him because of the impact they want it to have psychologically on the rest of us. He's stronger now than ever. I think he's going to be on fire when he comes back. I can't wait to watch it, frankly. I can't wait to see him on the war room again, even though it means I'm not going to be on the air because Harrison's going to be back here. Owen's going to be on the war room. Even if it means I'm not going to be on the air, I cannot wait to sit in my office in the afternoons working on content for this very network and see what Owen has to say about what he learned with his time in prison where he could really ruminate on what happened to him, where he could really sit back and think without worrying about the stresses of life, about the nature of the political dynamic in this country and the corruption in this country because I tell you what, this two months that he's going through is going to wind up being a spiritual experience. We see it time and time again from famous minds who have been in prison, the Malcolm X's of the world, the people of the world who we revere who have spent time in prisoner camps, whether it's Victor Frankl in Man's Search for Meaning, who was in the death camps during the Holocaust, or whether it's Owen Schroer here or Malcolm X. We know that this can be a spiritual experience. When you have nothing but time and a Bible and letters, you start to think about the meaning of your life. You start to think about what you want to do when you get out. And he's going to come back with some enlightenment. He's going to come back having had a spiritual experience, ready to share with the world what he learned without any distractions while he was able to really think about what's going on. 
And this is somebody who's ex- extremely well-informed, keep in mind. I was talking to my dad a couple of weeks ago about, you know, what it's like working in InfoWars. And I told him, I was like, you know, the thing that's crazy is I'm more well-informed now than I've ever been because the nature of my job is to read the news every single day, to study what these major outlets are saying every day, to watch what the politicians are saying every day. And you just inherently become a very well-informed person after that. I might be wrong about how I interpret things. I might have the wrong perspective on things, but I am looking at the thing, right? Where a lot of people just aren't even looking. And so Owen having spent years on the air, is incredibly familiar and informed and aware of the narrative of the story of America over the last five, six, seven, or eight years. And now for the first time, he's got this incredible opportunity. It's terrible that it's happening to him, but it is an incredible opportunity to sit for two months in silence and just think about all of the variables, all of the information that he has consumed that he has broadcast, that he has put into his mind, and he's going to come out ready to share with the world the wisdom that he has gained because he went in with the knowledge and he's going to come out with the wisdom. And so we should all be thinking, hey, what would that be like? What would we be experiencing if we were in the Shawshank Redemptions, if we were in the Cool Hand Lukes, if we were in the Counts of Monte Cristos, if we had time for two months to think about everything that we learned in our lives, what conclusions would we draw? What decisions would we make? What regrets would we have? And how would we change things if we could do it all over again? Because it's not too late to reclaim your life. It's not too late, just like that convict who saved those cops, to decide that you're going to do something, to decide that you don't need to go to prison for two months to realize, to have an epiphany, to stand up and fight for your country. Stay with us, folks. There'll be more on the other side. Please listen closely because this is life-changing critical information. The globalists are bombarding us with toxic chemicals hitting us in the air, the water, the food, the 5G, the poison shots, the shedding, the GMO, all of it. But God's given us compounds through nature that do incredible things in our body. And one of the most important, if not the most important, is vitamin B12. We've got the best organic vitamin B12, Ultra 12, a bestseller, finally back in stock after close to a year being sold out. You take it under the tongue for better absorption, and it's 40% off right now at InfoWarsStore.com. So go to InfoWarsStore.com right now, get your Ultra 12 and other great products, and for 40% off, some products are even more, and it keeps the show on the air. That is a 360 win. The only way you lose is not taking action. I thank you all for your support, being part of this fight. Now go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. I'm a humble person, and I want to say that I'm just a man. But I'm not just a man. Just like you. No matter what color you are, whether you're a man or a woman, you were made by the creator of the universe who had a plan for you, who has a destiny for you. That's why the system hates you and fears you. That's why they hate me. It's because the spirit I carry is one of justice and truth and courage and honor and will and love. My friends, the enemy's coming after me, not because I'm a loser, but because I'm a winner. They're coming after you, not because you're a bad person, because you're a good person, because you love God and God loves you. And so I signed up for this. I signed up for this fight. And I'm not a victim. I'm an overcomer. But I can't fight this fight without you. That's why I want you always to remember that I appreciate you and I thank you because InfoWars is your fight. InfoWars is your baby. It's the thing you built. We did this together. So God bless you all. Let's keep fighting. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video.
back to the American Journal, ladies and gentlemen. I am Chase Geyser, your host today. While the world falls apart, the transhumanist movement seems to be doing quite well. Transhumanism, the end game, is an epic speech here laying out the globalist plan for a post-human future. So for those of you who don't know, transhumanism is basically the state of transcending our human condition, our human nature. So we know from Christianity, from the Bible, we have this story in Genesis of the fall of man. And after Ab and Eve eat the fruit from the tree of knowledge, they are given a certain curse, including the snake, pertaining to what it's going to be like as a human being forever until salvation or judgment comes in the end. And God says women are going to have to experience things like the pain of childbirth and Men are going to have to work by the sweat of their brow, and both, of course, will ultimately die. Death is the ultimate penalty. It is the ultimate enemy that we all fight against. And so these transhumanists, fearing that the afterlife is going to be nothing either but hell or nothing itself for them, not believing in the hope of God, the promise of God, or any sort of afterlife at all, have been working as hard as possible to do whatever they can to fight back against this condemnation, this sentencing from God himself. Whether you believe it's metaphorical or historical, it certainly is capital T true either way. And so they seek to rage against the very nature of creation itself, the very nature of the universe itself, because after all, they don't believe in the promise of God. They don't believe in the hope of this afterlife. So they are going to do everything they can to change the nature of this life in their favor and perpetuate their lives forever. And it's why transhumanism and tyranny are so closely linked, because on the one hand, they want to live forever and on the other hand, if they're going to live forever, they want to ensure that they have power forever. We see this conglomeration of power, this globalism, this internationalism. We see these political leaders and these billionaires come together at these meetings like Davos, at these tech meetings, and they talk about the future of transhumanism as if they're conspiring not only to take all power now for this lifetime, but they're conspiring to do so in conjunction with an effort to conquer death itself so that they can graduate into the status of gods themselves and live forever and rule forever like gods on this planet. They, like Satan envy God. They wish to be God. They despise God for having more power than them, for having more authority for, than them, for being more righteous than them. And so they make every effort they can in this sort of pathetic, arrogant, hubristic way to become gods themselves. And so that's why we've seen this push for transhumanism, because this political class, this elite class wants to live forever because it's just not so sure about what happens after they die. And it wants to ensure that if it is to live forever, that it has a certain guaranteed status, that it has a planet that doesn't have too many people, but has the right amount of people to serve them and pay taxes to them, that it has a secure climate, that it has the technology to stay young and beautiful forever. We see this superficial endeavor to all forms of plastic surgery. We see this superficial endeavor to all forms of perpetual wealth and power. We see them act as if they're altruistic, act as if they love us so much, but then continue to just simply sell us out for the sake of their own perpetual power and wealth. In a powerful speech by entrepreneur and artist Laura Abelie, it's going viral on social media, breaking down the true nefarious purpose of the transgender movement. 
Abley explained at the Better Way conference in June how the transgender movement, contrary to claims that it's a grassroots movement based on self-expression, is actually a top-down globalist initiative to break apart the nuclear family and eradicate humanity as we know it. After all, if they break apart the nuclear family and establish this international welfare state, then they can create a whole class of mortal slaves that prop up their immortal abundance. Let's take a look at clip one and watch what she had to say on transhumanism and how it is actually a globalist agenda pushing it, not a grassroots effort. It's very important to understand that transhumanism is simply the transitional stage between humanism and post-humanism. Make no mistake, the final goal is to eradicate humanity as we know it. Once you understand the final destination, it becomes much easier to look back and identify the psychological conditioning, the biological tempering, the cultural grooming and the educational prepping that we have been subjected to for decades in preparation to making us accept a post-human future. It takes a lot of physical and psychological abuse to get an intelligent species like ours to agree to its own extinction. Most, if not all, that has transcended in the last 60 years was designed to get us closer to accepting such a dystopian reality. Whether you care to accept it or not, we live in a hyper-controlled matrix where our perception of reality is meticulously planned, managed, and executed in order to control and steer us in whichever direction they wish. And the direction is a post-human world. For this, they first needed to destabilize, dehumanize, and demoralize humanity through every means possible. The destruction of the nuclear family, children being indoctrinated by the state, abortion, the eradication of God and spirituality from education, life in mega cities and away from nature, toxic food, air and water, social media, replacing real human connection and interaction, engineered financial crisis and taxation, Endless wars and massive migration, stress, anxiety, depression, drugs and alcohol, constant fear-mongering, moral relativism as the new religion. And I could go on and on about how humanity has been influenced and forced to move away from all the things that give us strength, security, purpose and meaning. A weak, immoral, disconnected Ignorant and unhealthy population is an easy target for the next stage, the creation of an entire generation of androgynous beings. Masculinity is under attack psychologically, culturally, and biologically. Women are being replaced in sports, entertainment, and politics by men pretending to be women. And children are being indoctrinated at school to think that gender is a choice. The transgender movement is not a grassroots movement. It comes from the top. It has nothing to do with people's freedom of expression, sexuality, or civil rights. It's an evil psyop to, with a clear agenda to get us closer to transhumanism by making us question the most fundamental notion of human identity, our gender. If you don't know who you are, 
If you already identify as a hybrid between a man and a woman, you will be easily convinced to become a hybrid between human and machine. Gender ideology is the two plus two equals five from George Orwell's 1984 dystopian novel. It's the final test to see whether we will follow the most absurd party line towards our own extinction. But two plus two equals four. And no matter how you choose to dress, call yourself, or change your physique, will not change that. The sad reality, though, is that in the gaslighting process to get us closer to a post-human future, they have mentally and physically harmed an increasing number of children and young people, and it's only getting worse. This must be stopped. We're going to get more into that in the next hour. There's a lot to unpack there, but it's just as she, she said. This transgenderism is about mass extinction which is part of the transhumanism movement, which is about immortality for a certain political class while the rest of us weak mortals serve them in hopes that maybe we could graduate into their class one day. Maybe we could gain immortality for ourselves one day. But ultimately, it's going to amount to nothing but death for millions upon millions and power conglomeration for a select few. Not a selected by God few, but is selected by themselves few. And we'll get into some new information about how the government is collecting all health data, about how EMFs destroy sperm count, and how this depopulation agenda is manifesting all around us in other ways in the next segment. In the meantime, make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com. Ultra 12 is 40% off at InfoWars Store. After being sold out for months, Ultra 12 is finally back in stock and being made available at an unprecedented discount of 40% off. I take... Ultra 12, any day that I remember that I have it in my office, it's sitting on a desk in my office. And as soon as I see that bottle, I love to take it. It tastes delicious. And it really does set me up for an energized and focused afternoon. It seems to have had a positive impact on my day-to-day experience, my day-to-day energy. Ultra 12 from InfoWars Life took the familiar Secret 12 formula and singled out one powerful ingredient, making it the most effective and expensive form of B12. But for you, it's 40% off at InfoWarsStore.com. Get some today. Please uh, remember, we are listener-supported, and we've got something back in stock that everybody needs that is so good to have in your medicine cabinet sports broadcast. We've got the best 30 parts per million colloidal silver out there. It's Silver Bullet. It's at InfoWarsStore.com. And you want to support the show, plus have something in your medicine cabinet, have to give to others. It's topical. You can also take it orally. Uh, it is. It really does a lot of amazing things, anti-infection, you name it. Nothing's a silver bullet, but it's as close to a silver bullet as you're going to get. Silver bullet, back in stock, discounted, InfoWarsStore.com. And we also have Brain Force Ultra, the incredible, fast-acting nootropic, back in stock, 60% off part of the big sale. The new sale we've got, immune support, organic, green fibers, 50% off. Those are both incredible. Vitamin D3 gummies, amazing. InfoWarsStore.com. Or 888 You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Welcome back to The American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, your host today. We saw an awesome clip in the last segment 
how this transgender movement is actually a globalist initiative, not a grassroots initiative as it claims, to destroy the nuclear family and perpetuate this depopulation agenda so the political elite can establish immortality for themselves and rule over the rest of mankind for the remainder of the future that exists in the universe. <laughs> I know it sounds ridiculous when I frame it in that sentence, but really that's what this is about. This is about gaining immortality for an elite class and then having the remainder of humanity serve that class and ensuring that the population of the entire planet is small enough that it can be managed without the burden of millions and millions of people who would pose a threat to a perpetual government, a one world order, a new world order. Nebraska is collecting all health data on all residents. Critics call it a step toward the national digital ID, which is going to help perpetuate this transhumanist agenda. Nebraska lawmakers have created a state health information technology hit board to collect health information on all Nebraskans in a centralized data and surveillance system that, according to lawmakers, will be used by doctors to improve patient care. That's really the trick with this development of technologies, and that's the, the crux of it. This technology comes and it brings such promise. Things like the internet bring such promise. Things like the tractor brought such promise, the automobile, the airplane. And while they come with them bearing gifts, they also come with them bearing a burden. And so we see technology like artificial intelligence come out that can help us do better work, be more accurate, do tasks quickly and efficiently, be more creative than ever, transcend the plight of our struggle as human beings. But at the same time, it's used by human beings on other human beings to subjugate them. And they want to digitize you. They want to put you in a database. We already know that you're in a number of databases, as we covered yesterday, that are sold to the political elite so that they can exploit your vulnerabilities, your psychology, or feed that data to artificial intelligence to ensure that whatever ad campaigns or subliminal messaging you're seeing can persuade you to buy their product, vote for their candidate, or give up your rights. We see that they want this digital ID because they want to manage you. This managerial political class wants to control you. After all, if you were truly free, then why would the government care at all about having this sort of information on you? If the government really is responsible for simple things like protecting the border, enforcing contracts, and protecting private property or individual human rights, why does it need to know who you are and manage every aspect of your life? Well, the fact of the matter is they need to manage you because when things get crazy or when they are in an effort to perpetuate and establish their own power, they need to make sure that all the ducks in a row, that all the soldiers line up, that everyone is paying their fair share. And they want to establish this welfare state because they want to ensure that everyone is as dependent on the government as possible because after all, if you're dependent on the government, then you'll hand over any freedoms that threaten their power. Because freedom is the greatest threat to tyranny. So those who seek to be tyrants seek to mitigate freedom. And the way to do that is to make the people, the millions upon millions of people in any civilization, as dependent on the government as possible. Because when they come to you as the tyrant for food and shelter and education and opportunity, you want to make sure that they agree to your terms. But if they're not dependent on you, if they can go somewhere else for those things, if they can provide for themselves those things then what power do you really have other than that power which is temporarily granted to you by a people, by a free people? 
And so if you want to establish this transhumanist agenda, this utopia, which was, will actually become a dystopia, you have to do things like manifest a digital ID or push forward notions of a digital currency so you can dictate all of the transactions that happen in the world, so you can control every dollar that is spent, every way it's spent, so you can cut people out from the system itself and ensure that they can't buy things for themselves. This is all a step toward control. And once they have this infrastructure in place to control you, that's when they will do the mass depopulation to ensure that whatever's left is not a threat to their power. More on the other side. Chase Geyser on the American Journal. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, your host this morning. So we see that this digital ID is coming to the fore. We see that the digital dollar is going to be the way that they replace this untenable fiat currency that we have in an effort to establish this welfare state and control people as much as possible. What's going to happen is in the name of financial literacy, they're going to push the digital dollar on the poorest communities among us, on the poor nations first. They always test these things on the poor nations before they bring them over here. And they're going to train people, they're going to teach people, they're going to teach vulnerable communities that this digital dollar is a good thing. And they're going to use it as a way to, at first, finance and control and manage welfare programs, and then they're going to push it onto the entire population. One of the problems with welfare in this country is managing how the aid is used or spent. So you can give people food stamps. Or food cards, but then they'll just sell them for cash. So if you give somebody $500 worth of food stamps, they might sell those food stamps for $250 worth of cash so they can buy drugs. This has been a constant problem with these welfare programs. We've seen pushes for universal basic income as a way to provide for the welfare of the vulnerable people among us. But the problem with universal basic income is that we know if we just give people tons of cash, they're going to manage it improperly. They're not going to spend it well. Because after all, those who are the most vulnerable vulnerable among us, many of them struggle with things like mental illness or financial literacy. And so even if we were to give them astronomical sums of money on a regular basis, they would likely be mismanaged. Take a look at those who win the lottery. It's famously known that many who win the lottery, whether it's $100 million or $500 million, wind up broke or bankrupt within like 36 to 60 months because then the pariahs come and take the money. They spend their money on stupid depreciating assets. They don't know how to manage that kind of money. It's why they were broke when they bought the lottery ticket to begin with, and it's why they're going to be broke down the road. So if the lottery cannot bring an individual out of poverty, despite giving that individual hundreds of millions of dollars, how is it that we expect universal basic income to operate and function for these people when it's just tens of thousands of dollars meant to help them with things like paying the rent or paying for groceries. What's to say that if we gave universal basic income out, prices of everything wouldn't just go up and we would find that this class of people, that the poorest and most vulnerable and least educated and least financially literate among us, wouldn't just spend the money on things like video games and plasma TVs or stupid cars. 
depreciating assets that don't actually have any other value than shelf appeal. And so if you want to establish universal basic income, if you want to create a true welfare state, you're going to need something like a digital currency because that is how we can control how the money is spent on the welfare state. If we give someone $50,000 minimum a year, but we manage it as a digital crypto blockchain currency, then we can make sure that when they go to the store to buy a 80-inch plasma TV, that transaction just simply will not be approved. It will have to be for a piece of fruit or for their groceries or for a health bill. And they're going to come in with this as a way to help the poor, to bring people to a place of financial literacy, to teach them how to manage their money by declining transactions that are bad and accepting transactions that are good. And that is how they're going to eke their way, inch their way, corner their way into controlling the entire economy from a centralized location. So like I was saying with technology, blockchain technology, cryptocurrency was thought to be this amazing technology that would increase anonymity and how transactions are processed financially and keep transactions honest by ensuring that a currency couldn't be inflated, things of that nature, by being the most secure wallet possible, by basically eradicating the need for banks themselves. That was the promise of this this technology, and that is something that this technology is technically capable of accomplishing, but we know that this technology is then just going to be used by the government to instead restrict the ability of individuals to purchase what they want, when they want, from whom they want, or determine which individuals can purchase at all. And so they bring this sort of technology in as a way to control the way the poor spend their money in conjunction with a digital ID so they can establish this social credit score. And once it's proven in third world countries and then proven in our own poorest communities, it'll be forced upon the entire population here in the United States. And then once they have that infrastructure established, that's when they can begin the depopulation process in the name of climate change in the name of controlling the population. They'll hype up overpopulation as a problem. They'll hype up the climate as a problem. They'll initiate things like how many kids you can have. They'll control your fertility at first through this subversive sort of Machiavellian way without you even knowing it, as we've seen, and then explicitly by giving you financial incentives or increased social credit if you agree to have things like an operation to ensure that you won't have any more children. And they'll slowly, over decades reduce the population to a much more manageable, subservient state. This new report says the EMFs destroy sperm count. The story at a glance means sperm counts in men around the world have dropped by 51.6% over the past 50 years. Total sperm counts are down by 62.3%, and the decline is accelerating. So we can talk about whether this is an environmental issue or whether this is a matter of policy or whether it's a matter of intentional But it seems to me likely that a decline like this is more than just people eating too much processed food. I mean, I'm sure that's part of it. It's more than just saying that we're breathing in too many gases or that we're spending too much time in our cars. There's something intentional that must be going on for this level of decrease in fertility to manifest. An environmental factor that might play a significant role in this trend is electromagnetic field exposures from wireless technologies also referred to as electromagnetic radiation, EMR, or radio frequency EMF. So it could be our cell phones. It could be the Wi-Fi. It could be the fact that we're just sitting behind desks all the time when we're meant to be in nature in the wild, actually getting the blood flowing through our bodies. I'm guilty of this just as much as anyone else. 
Recent research found that men who use their cell phones more than 20 times a day had significantly lower sperm concentrations and total sperm counts than those who only use them once a week or less, placing them at a 30% increased risk for having sperm concentration below the reference value for fertile men and a 21% increase in risk for having TSC below the fertile range. Previous studies have linked EMR from cell phones to an 8.1% reduction in sperm motility and a 9.1% reduction in sperm viability, as well as significantly higher rates of DNA fragmentation. DNA fragmentation, of course, we know can be a cause of cancer. DNA fragmentation could be a cause of things like birth defects and problems of that nature. Wi-Fi-equipped laptop computers have been linked to decreased sperm motility and an increase in sperm DNA fragmentation after just four hours of use. All of our technology, our lifestyle, all of these products that are put into what we consume, what we do every single day, are markedly reducing our own fertility. They know it's happening, they have known it's happening, and they perpetuate it because they want the population to decrease to a level that they can manage. The more free people there are in the world, the more a threat on their conglomeration of power. The greatest threat to any tyrant, as I've said before and as I'll say again, is a free citizen, a free civilian. And so they have to get you in a place where you're as dependent on them as possible with things like digital ID and digital currencies. Once they've established that infrastructure, they can then begin depopulating the entire society to a manageable level. And then they'll take all of the work that you do, all of the value that you create, all of the taxes that you pay that they steal from you through either inflation or ripping it from this digital currency, and they'll push it into research for transhumanism so that they can sustain their lives forever. So they can appear young and beautiful forever while their souls rot on the inside and they never die. They are seeking to use you to fund their research and lifestyle as they themselves become gods. They already have the egos of a God. They already believe themselves divine. They already doubt the existence of the true God. And so they must replace that psychological need, that void for God with their own ego, with themselves. Because we all as human beings need God in our minds. Psychologically, we are wired to know that God is real, to believe in God, to reverence God. And so if we don't believe in God, we'll replace it with anything else. We'll replace it with the state as we saw throughout the 20th century in nation after nation, whether it was communist or fascist. And then finally, after that doesn't work, we're only left with ourselves. And so in order to fill that void, we see this political class being their own God, establishing themselves in their own minds as God to fill that void so they can live forever and control you. Send us forever. More on the other side. A lot of people have asked me, why is InfoWars Store and InfoWars Life not at a probiotic for more than three years? And the answer is simple. We only bring you the highest quality to lowest prices. We had a top maker, top certified of probiotics for more than seven years. They got bought by a libtard company and said, we're not doing business with you, Mr. Jones, anymore. Finally, we got a probiotic just as good or better with a top lab that loves our show. We're able to private label it under InfoWars MD as our probiotic formula. So you can get a super high quality probiotic for amazing gut health and more at InfoWarsStore.com for 25% off right now. Now, wherever you get your probiotics, it's something everybody should be doing. But I'm asking you to try our probiotic. I think you're going to have an amazing effect and it funds our entire operation. So get your InfoWars MD probiotic today at InfoWarsStore.com. It's a high quality formula and it keeps us on the air. Take action now at InfoWarsStore.com. In the early 1900s, certain companies were off-gassing highly toxic fluoride gases into the atmosphere. The surrounding communities began to get sick 
Laws were enacted to compel these corporations to install scrubbers to convert these gases into fluorosilicic acid, still highly toxic, but containable. Now these companies had a stockpile of this poison, and there was no affordable way to dispose of it. Lucky for them, one of their major stockholders was also the Secretary of the Treasury, who was responsible for the public health service at the time. And by 1950, the U.S. government began buying this toxic, untreated industrial waste product and dumping it into our drinking water. Reputable studies show that it's causing various cancers and other disease. With the Alexa Pure Pro, you can have clean drinking water and a remedy to this madness. Available now at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to The American Journal. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Chase Geyser, your host today. It's a pleasure to be with you. So we've been talking about how the globalists want to take over. We have been talking about how they want to be gods themselves. They don't believe in God, so they seek to live forever in a perpetual state of total power. We talked about how these digital IDs and these digital currencies are going to be used to establish a welfare state, and we got into how depopulation seems to be an intentional part of the agenda, all in the name of protecting the climate and reducing the population to a manageable level of a slave class, a subservient class. And one of the things that is a problem for this political class is it still needs to have military might. It still needs to have military strength. But it can't seem to be the source of violence. We saw from Biden that he mentioned the U.S. government having F-35s and nuclear weapons when he was asked about whether or not there would be a civil war or revolution in this country, he's like, hey, nobody can beat us. There's no way that anybody could rebel against the United States because we've got F-35s and nuclear weapons. And, of course, there was major backlash because he basically just threatened to nuke or bomb a large portion of the population in the event that it was composed of political dissidents. So they need the military might. They need the ability to destroy cities or destroy massive amounts of people. But they need to do it in a way that isn't so threatening to their status or respect. They need to do it in a way that it's not obvious it was them. It needs to appear as if it's a natural disaster. We've seen that there are a record number of volcanoes erupting all over the world. A record number of earthquakes all over the world happening right now specifically in Iceland. We talked about that yesterday. And there's a part of me that really thinks that this is the testing stage, the testing round for these directed energy weapons. On Infowars.com, Callum McBreen writes, directed energy weapons are capable of causing earthquakes hidden in Antarctica, claims Raytheon whistleblower. We'll play clip two in a second. Former Raytheon employee turned whistleblower Eric Hecker joined the popular Patrick Bet David podcast this week to warn the world about some military industrial complex secrets. Go ahead and run clip two. I had no fondness for Raytheon. I did a short stint after high school in the United States submarine service. I learned what Raytheon is really about, which is killing people. So what was actually going on? What do you think was actually going on? Directed energy weapons platforms operating under the false pretenses of science. 
That's what's actually going on at the South Pole Station. There are technologies and weapons-grade technologies on this planet that the average citizen cannot even begin to wrap their brains around. Their motives, their actions are secret. So to me, that speaks volumes right off the bat. If transparency was involved, I'd be a lot less concerned. But when things like the Christchurch earthquakes occur, and that is secreted away, that was the South Pole Station. That was the start of the Ice Cube Neutrino Detector. Uh, the season that I was there, it went from construction to operations and maintenance. And when they first operated it, they caused two accidental earthquakes in Christchurch, New Zealand. So this is weapons-grade stuff. Since that time, we've had leaders, American leaders themselves, multiple times, threaten other nation states with earthquakes if they didn't get in line. Just recently with this whole uh, Israel-Hamas debacle, I apologize, I don't watch the mass media that often, but somebody had sent me uh, a link where I believe it was some leaders in Iran that stated that if they um, invaded Gaza in full force and stuff, that they would deliver a huge earthquake. Okay, so let's give you credit. When it comes down to earthquake for Iran... October 10th, Iran's foreign minister warns Israel from Beirut it could suffer a huge earthquake. So we see here that different militaries and different nations are claiming that they have this earthquake power. This is something that has been rumored by conspiracy theorists for some time, especially pertaining to the HARP research initiatives, H-A-A-R-P, and the benefit of being able to create natural disasters is that you can have something happen with plausible deniability that you've done anything at all. So when you nuke another nation, obviously you're going to be held accountable by the international community. Obviously people are going to know that you did it. You're going to come off like a mass murderer. But if a major earthquake just happens to happen that tears down an entire capital or entire cities or an entire nation for that matter, then there's not really anybody to point the finger at, especially if the entire population is unaware that this technology even exists. So as these globalists, as this transhumanist movement comes to power, it's going to invest in these DEWs, in these directed energy weapons, because that's how they can destroy whatever they want without taking any of the blame. That's how they can do whatever they want, kill whomever they want without being held accountable by anyone. So what are they going to do? They're going to control your identity and your social credit score through digital IDs. They're going to control your money what you spend it on, how much you can spend, or whether or not you can spend it all via these digital currencies. Then they're going to invest in transhumanist technology to both act as a soma, so to speak, to you while they put you in these virtual environments that satiate you, that comfort you despite the fact that your real-world experience is terrible and poor, and they're going to use these transhumanist technologies to make themselves young and beautiful forever. They want to live forever and be gods. And then when you're out of line, they're going to use DEWs to break you down. They're already depopulating the planet. They've been doing it for the last 50 years. We've seen it with the sperm counts. We've seen it with the fertility rates. We saw China explicitly try to do it with the one-child policy, and we've seen that 
our population is not having children nearly to the extent that it was before. They want to get you dependent on them through this welfare state. They want to establish the infrastructure to control you because of your dependence. And then they want to perpetuate themselves as gods overall of humanity. And I think these DEWs are going to be a huge part of it. I think we're going to see massive earthquakes. I think we're going to see massive hurricanes, typhoons, volcanic eruptions in key areas throughout World War III. We thought that nuclear proliferation was going to lead to the end of the world, but nuclear explosions are not the only way to destroy a population. What we're going to see if we get into a hot conflict with Russia and China and the United States and Israel and Iran is not only the exchange of nuclear weapons, but we're going to see cities shaking. It's going to feel like the apocalypse. After all, it is very apocalyptic that we should be faced with such a plague of humanity being met with natural disaster after natural disaster. We're going to see famines that are actually manufactured. We're going to see the chemtrails. We're going to see the earthquakes that are actually manufactured by human beings. I absolutely believe that this whistleblower is telling the truth about our capabilities with directed energy weapons in Antarctica. I believe that we have researched these technologies. I believe that our government is exponentially more advanced technologically than our private sector. Frankly, most of the technologies that come into the private sector are at at first developed by the government, DARPAnet being the internet, and many, many more. If you talk to anybody who's served in the military and special forces or anything of that nature from the 80s, they were listening to conversations from satellites in space with high-resolution imagery on television screens in the 80s during the Cold War, decades before any of that technology even came close to being private knowledge. More on the other side. Please listen closely because this is life-changing critical information. The globalists are bombarding us with toxic chemicals hitting us in the air, the water, the food, the 5G, the poison shots, the shedding, the GMO, all of it. But God's given us compounds through nature that do incredible things in our body. And one of the most important, if not the most important, is vitamin B12. We've got the best organic vitamin B12 Ultra 12, a bestseller, finally back in stock after close to a year being sold out. You take it under the tongue for better absorption, and it's 40% off right now at InfoWarsStore.com. So go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. Get your Ultra 12 and other great products for 40% off. Some products are even more, and it keeps the show on the air. That is a 360 win. The only way you lose is not taking action. I thank you all for your support, being part of this fight. Now go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch live right now at band.video. Welcome back to The American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, your host today. Obviously, we know that controlling the narrative is incredibly important to the intelligence community, and we've seen that they've done so through the big tech platforms. The likes of Facebook and Instagram and Google and YouTube. And it's interesting to me to see this story now that Meta is now allowing Facebook and Instagram to run political advertising saying the 2020 election was rigged. So you still can't say that the future elections are going to be rigged. You still can't give what they would call election misinformation about future elections or raise doubt about future elections. 
But they're allowing you to criticize the 2020 election. It's probably because they're about ready to make a tremendous amount of money off of political campaigns that are running, making these claims or wanting to make these claims. And they don't want to be accused of manipulating the election. And so they're going to open up the gate a little bit on this into the future. After all, they do need to compete with Twitter, right? So if you're a political candidate for the right and you want to run for office and you want to run some ads, but Facebook and Instagram won't let you say what you want to say or make claims that you want to make claims for in your advertising campaign, then wouldn't you just divert all of your money to x.com where those claims are allowed? So in a competitive nature, I think that we see Facebook and Instagram changing their policy on this particular issue. This is just another example of how important Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter and turning it into x.com really was for our republic. But I think there's another side to this as well. I don't think it was just a business decision for Meta. I think it was also something that was put on their desk by the intelligence community because I believe the intelligence community wants Joe Biden out. They want to ensure that Joe Biden is not the candidate. We're going to start to see things like terrorist attacks from those who have crossed the border illegally. We're going to start to see pushback against him in the mainstream media, and we're going to start to see campaigns against him, not just from Republican candidates who are running for office in 2024, but from Democrats alike who want him out because they believe he is a risk to the future of their party itself, which he is. And so this seems to me to be the green light from the intelligence community to begin applying pressure to push or justify the eradication of Joe Biden as the candidate for the president of the United States for the Democrats in 2024. This in the context of YouTube boasting about collaborating with the WHO and suppressing misinformation. So now we've seen that Facebook is manipulating elections, manipulating the narrative by saying what can be said when about elections in ad campaigns, where, whatever. Now we see that YouTube is also part of this narrative, this initiative, this push from the intelligence community to control the minds, thoughts, behaviors of the American people via the way they consume information. YouTube is yet another in a series of tech behemoths that feel the need to declare their stance on content, including its effective algorithmic manipulation, just as U.S. primaries are ushering the country into another year of presidential elections. So... They are boasting about collaborating with the likes of the WHO, which we know is basically just the CCP. We saw that leader within the WHO refusing to refer to Taiwan as Taiwan, referring to it instead as Chinese Taipei, which is part of the One China sort of initiative that was a catering to China. We know that the WHO is intimidated by and following the orders of the CCP. So therefore, if YouTube which of course is Google, is in line with the WHO's initiatives, that means that YouTube is actually indirectly under the control of the CCP, at least in a way or in part. So we're going to see ads on YouTube. We're going to see what content on YouTube is allowed over the next election cycle, but there are going to be few, if any, claims of Chinese election interference, despite the fact that we know that everything that's happened in our country in terms of narrative control has come in some part from the CCP over the last four years. If anything happened in the election in 2020, we know that there was election interference. We know that the intelligence community pressured these big tech platforms to hide the Hunter Biden story. We know that the CCP pushed the extent to which COVID was a threat. They pushed the extent to which we should be vaccinated through the likes of the WHO, through the likes of the policies of YouTube, which justified its censorship and management and content by citing recommendations from the WHO, which is supposedly some non-biased or unbiased international third-party source. 
But of course, it's totally under the control of foreign entities. And this is just going to continue to play out. But we've got a more subversive and direct way in which we've seen our intelligence community get itself involved in our political narrative as well. A Democrat tries to cut off GOP rep for grilling FBI Director Ray over busloads of Fed informants dressed as Trump supporters in the January 6th crowd. FBI Director Christopher Ray was being questioned by Congressman Clay Higgins, the Republican from Louisiana, during a Wednesday hearing when a Democrat politician tried to stop Higgins from speaking. When Higgins asked Ray if the FBI was communicating with agents embedded in the January 6th crowd, the director posed a straw man argument by saying no FBI agents took part in any violence that day. So he didn't answer the question. The The question was, was the FBI communicating with agents embedded in the J6 crowd? The answer to that question is yes or no. And you can, of course, elaborate on yes or no, but that's the only way to answer that question. Instead, Ray said that no FBI agents took part in violence that day. So he didn't answer the question at all, which is basically a confession that the FBI was in the crowd and participating in the stoking of the events that unfolded. Of course, we've seen that we've been accused as domestic terrorists, right-wing extremists, MAGA extremists by the left. This date has been called an insurrection, while our Democratic leaders feign tears over the tragedy that was this great threat to our democracy in countless press release or press conference after press conference. But we know, as we've said this entire time, that the FBI, the intelligence community, was in large behind this. They wanted this event to escalate to violence or crime so they could then subvert the integrity of the Trump administration and cripple it for a future chance at holding office. The miraculous thing about it is we have an entire population, hundreds of thousands of people that were present on that day, on January 6th, that are Second Amendment right activists, but none of them were bearing arms in an attack on the Capitol. It was all peaceful. It was all by the book. They actually had to have the FBI embedded. They had to have Antifa embedded in the crowd in order to instigate this crime that it happened. Higgins showed photos of all white buses parked at Union Station on January 6th and was set to insinuate the FBI brought in two busloads of provocateurs before Maryland Democrat Congressman Glenn Ivey tried to stop him from speaking. Wrapping up his point, Higgins alleged these buses are nefarious in nature and were filled with FBI informants dressed as Trump supporters and deployed into our Capitol on January 6th. Your day is coming, Mr. Ray. But not only was it the FBI directly involved with agents on the ground, but through organizations like Antifa, through activists like Antifa, this is also how the intelligence community is perverse in its nature and its manipulation of events that unfold, these black flag operations that catalyze whatever political objective manifesting that they seek. Anti-establishment activists sought to incite Trump supporters on January 6th, the DOJ argues. A man who previously held himself out as a supporter of the Black Lives Matter movement went to the U.S. Capitol on January 6th with the goal of inciting the crowd, a federal prosecutor told jurors in closing arguments at his trial Wednesday. This is John Earl Sullivan. You may have remembered him. He did film the shooting of Ashley Babbitt. He was seen right there. He looks a little bit like Sneeko. He is not Sneeko, but he kind of looks like that guy. At trial, the government prosecutors portrayed Sullivan as an anti-establishment grifter and chaos agent. He was quoted as saying on January 6th, I'm going to side with anyone who is ready to rip this S down, Sullivan said in a quotation cited by prosecutors. 
I was only observing, though. He said in his own defense, I followed the crowd. I was there to document. But prosecutors played video after video of Sullivan doing much more than just documenting, including pulling out what they said was a knife as rioters tried to breach the House floor. So we see, through the likes of Black Lives Matter or Antifa, we see the intelligence community operating. Through direct undercover agents, we see the intelligence community operating. Through manipulation of what can be advertised or what cannot be advertised on social media platforms pertaining to elections, we see the intelligence community operating. Through manipulating what YouTube will allow, what the algorithms do, what the information we see when we search or look or is recommended to us. When we see what's happening here, we see the intelligence community operating. We are undergoing PSYOP after PSYOP. We have this unchecked fourth branch of government. Something needs to be done. They need to be shattered into a thousand pieces and scattered to the wind. Stick with us, folks. More on the other side. The eugenicists over 100 years ago were very public about their plans. They financed major universities. They ran full-page stories and advertisements pushing their propaganda in the New York Times, other major newspapers, that the family as we know it is a bad thing and must be ended. And the first step in that is getting women out of the household and teaching women that cooking dinner and taking care of your sons and daughters and husbands is a bad thing. And I was just sitting here tonight making dinner for my daughter, my four and a half year old daughter. My wife makes dinner a lot of times, but I like to make it as well. I love to make breakfast. And literally, it's the funnest thing on earth to make food for your family and be nurturative and then all sit down together and have that communal event. And that's what the system is attacking and bombarding is our normal biological actions are coming together. They really are sick, evil, scientific cult of filth that want to domesticate us and turn us into lab rats. We cannot let this continue. Finally, after close to a year, in early November, where I'm cutting this ad, we finally got one of our flagship products back in stock, Ultra 12, the highest quality vitamin B12 organic. You take it out of the tongue so you get better absorption into the body through your blood vessels and what it does to every system in your body is simply incredible. It's the natural, clean, energy, focus, immune system, everything. And it's 40% off exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com. This has been rated as the best B12 in the country. It's available from a top lab that we private label it through at InfoWarsStore.com. Ultra 12, vitamin B12, taken sublingually, now back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com. Or you can call toll-free and order it as well, 888-253-3139. And Ultra 12 funds the InfoWar as well. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to The American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, your host today. Obviously, we know this week that President Biden met with his boss, President Xi, in San Francisco. They cleaned up the city just for the arrival of President Xi. They cleared out any homeless or protesters against the CCP and ensured that only CCP Chinese flags would be flying as the motorcade came through. 
And this meeting was amidst the tensions in Israel and Gaza, amidst the tensions between Russia and Ukraine, and in the context of this sort of global economic conflict that we seem to be having with China as China seeks to be the dominant economic power in the world while the United States is doing everything possible to ensure that the 21st century is another century of economic dominance. You can watch as Blinken winces as Biden calls Xi a dictator after the APEC-China meeting in Clip 9. President Joe Biden and China's Xi Jinping sought to smooth relations at a meeting Wednesday, as we spoke about. Yet hours after the carefully choreographed event, Biden described Xi as a dictator. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken's reaction told its own story. Go ahead and run Clip 9. Yes. And Mr. President, after today, would you still refer to President Xi as a dictator? This is a term uh, that we used earlier this year. Well, look, he is. I mean, he's a dictator in the sense that he, he is a guy who runs a country that is a communist country that is based on a form of government totally different than ours. Anyway, we know Yeah, maybe we can get a close up shot of the wince. You can see it there. You just know that as soon as he says it, Blinken's like, oh, I'm going to have so much work to do now as a result of that. Oh, great. He shuffles his feet. He kind of rocks a little bit and comforts himself in that. He's like, <laughs> not good news. China decries Biden's off script dictator G comment as extremely wrong political movering, maneuvering rather. With the summit wrapped up and Xi's plane headed back to Beijing, the Chinese government on Thursday issued its first reaction to Biden calling Xi a dictator, which it should be emphasized was said while Xi was literally still there in San Francisco, if not still in the same venue or building. President Joe Biden's description of Chinese leader Xi Jinping as a dictator is extremely wrong, Foreign Ministry spokeswoman Mao Ning said Thursday at a regular press briefing in Beijing. So this is just another example of Biden's incompetence. This type of thing, in my opinion, is the reason that we see the Biden administration getting pushed out of the race. We see that the social media companies are allowing criticism of Biden. They're allowing claims of fraud or rigged elections in 2020 in their advertising campaigns now. We see the mainstream media beginning to push against Biden. We see these reports leaking of meetings in the White House admitting that Biden economics is not actually working. Everything that comes out is basically embarrassing to the Biden administration. Now we know for some reason that there was DNA on this cocaine baggie that was in the White House. You would think that an administration that was under control or an administration that the intelligence community continued to support would keep that sort of information from being revealed in a FOIA request, in a Freedom of Information Act request. After all, they keep so much information out of those requests time and time again. We see censored document after censored document, black-lined document after black-lined document coming out of FOIA requests all the time. Why it is that they didn't blackline this, I don't understand. Or just claim that it doesn't exist I don't understand. I think the fact of the matter is the reason they did it is because they want to apply continued pressure on the Biden administration. They blackmailed the Bidens into running for office in the first place with the understanding that the Biden administration would follow the orders and directives of the intelligence community wholeheartedly. And now that Biden's dementia has caught up with him, now that he is becoming more of a liability than an asset to them, they are trying to push him out and replace him with another leftist. Because after all, you can only deal with someone like that so often. There's another clip from yesterday where Blinken was sitting next to the president at a table. And Biden 
looks over at him, says some sort of a joke. Blinken sort of feigns a laugh. You can see it in his eyes. And then as soon as Biden looks away, you can just see the stress befall Blinken. The oh, my God. I mean, it's, it's, it's the same look that you've seen from any boomer who has taken care of someone from the silent generation who's struggling with dementia. I've seen it time and time again among family and friends who are dealing with a parent or a friend who is struggling with the tragedy that is dementia. And I think Blinken is like, whoa, we're on the cusp of World War III, and the president is clearly cognitively incapacitated. So we'll see what happens, but I would be surprised if we had Biden in this race for more than 180 days. I think we're looking around March, March 15th, we're looking at a replacement for Biden. I think in the same month, we're probably looking at Zelensky not being in power anymore in Ukraine, if not sooner than that. I think we're looking at terrorist activity, terrorist attacks happening in the United States within 180 days from people who have crossed the border. Of course, that will be used to push Biden out of office. When push comes to shove, this administration is not long for this world. In other news regarding the campaign, Trump is filing for mistrial in a civil fraud case over tangible and overwhelming evidence of court's bias. Laura Loomer, we know, has done an outstanding job reporting on Engeron's bias. She was on the Alex Jones show last week. She did a great job laying out just how obvious it is that this is a kangaroo court, that the court is stacked against President Trump's administration, his candidacy. Former President Donald Trump filed for a mistrial on Wednesday in his New York fraud trial, citing tangible and overwhelming evidence of bias from the court led by Judge Arthur Engeron. It was a 30-page motion claiming that Judge Engeron tainted the trial by publicly commenting on the proceedings and co-judging with his law clerk, Allison Greenfield, who was involved with extensive public partisan activities. We've seen more reports, too, regarding Engeron, that his wife has been bashing Trump explicitly on social media account after social media account. They seem to be delighted to have this power. I can't imagine being a judge in a trial like this, even if it was against corruption that I really believed in, where I would be pleased to be there or that this was happening. After all, if the corruption, if the allegations are true against President Trump, which they're not, but if they were, that would be a very sad and disgusting thing, wouldn't it? So why is it that this judge is so delighted to be there? Why is he smiling with a big grin on his face with his yellow teeth shining through as his wife comments on social media profiles all over how screwed Trump is, as if the decision's already been made before the trial has even been held because the decision is already made and he has already been tried in the court of public opinion. He has already been tried in the court of the intelligence community or the deep state swamp class, the political class that seeks to basically make it legally impossible for him to run for office. We saw the same exact thing happened in Italy. We saw the same thing happen to Julius Caesar. He was abundantly popular when he was assassinated, and the political class in Rome at the time was so delighted and ignorant and arrogant about their actions that they ran through the streets shouting in celebration that tyranny had been overcome, that Rome was free while the people closed their doors in silent anger and set such a fire on the funeral pyre the next day that they almost burned down the entire forum. They were so upset. That Caesar had been killed, their populist leader. And I'm not advocating for a dictator. Obviously, Caesar was a dictator, but he was loved by the people, as most first dictators are. 
The first time that a state or a nation or a kingdom goes into a a despotism or dictatorship, the people often love the dictator. After all, that's how the dictator came to power. They loved Julius Caesar. The Senate just hated him because he represented a threat to the political establishment, to the political class. The same thing's happening with Trump. Trump. He's not a dictator, but the political class hates him because he's an America first and Americans first leader. He is someone who advocated on behalf of the people against this political class. He is a populist leader. Populism, by definition, is the narrative, is the belief that there is an elite political class that seeks to take advantage of and exploit a middle class or average person. We've seen it time and time again throughout history. It's happened then, it'll happen in the future, and it's happening now. And that's why this political class is using every tool at its expenditure to take him out of the race. They've used the intelligence community to frame him from crimes he didn't commit, to spy on his campaign. They've used the judicial system to charge him with fraud that he didn't commit, even though there was no plaintiff or victim in the fraud case. Of course, I'm referencing the claims that he exaggerated the value of his property in order to get better terms on a loan that he paid off. So we've seen the judicial system and the intelligence community come after him. We've seen generals in the military subvert him when they do things like say that they would warn China if there was some sort of an attack coming. We've seen members of our own political class, members of his own team, betray him because they've been pressured by the Department of Justice, by the judicial branch. We've seen our legislatures lie about him and hold hearings about him, January 6th hearings, impeachment inquiries, all things of that nature. They accused him of quid pro quo, even though we know quid pro Joe was what was really going on between Ukraine and the United States. Every single branch of the establishment political class, whether it's billionaires, whether it's politicians, whether it's military, whether it's the government, whether it's the legislature itself has come after Donald Trump. They hate him so much because he stands in the way of their path to subjugate you. And I'm thinking to myself, people are like, oh, I don't want to vote for Trump. He's arrogant and egotistical and he needs to just get over it and move on i'm thinking to myself everybody who hates you hates him and he's our best shot by far according to all the polls if you don't support him for president of the united states you're crazy this might be our last chance folks the whole war world is against him the whole political class is against him and they're against you and if you want to save yourself in this country from them you have to vote for him the satanic new world order is betting against humanity They're betting on our weakness. They believe they can destabilize civilization and bring us down into the ashes of history. But the trap they've laid for us will be their destruction, not ours. If we trust in God and if we are valiant and have courage to speak the truth and not comply and engage in civil disobedience and not join the masses who have decided that they are the scum of the earth, who have decided that they will join with this soulless corporate system. As for InfoWars, we are going to steadfastly continue to fight in the information war with our weapon, the truth, against the enemies of humanity. And we put our faith, and we put our trust, and we put our destiny in the hands of God. Because it's been said a trillion times, if God be with us, who can be against us?